Dear, dear friends, hello. Who is with me? Who is with me to, to, today? It's Felipe Gomez Arbelais. I think it's a very beautiful name and it sounds very, very intriguing because this wonderful person is from Colombia and he is business administrator from University of Los Andes in Bogota. He wrote a book which is very interesting. It's called Actitude. He's working with many companies like McDonald's, IBM, General Motors, Hewlett Parker, with a lot of a lot of clients and giving them good mood and hope. My first question to you, Felipe Gomez Arbelais. You know, I cannot make it short because I want to make it long, just because I like you very much. Dear Felipe, tell me please, you're from Colombia, and it so happened that we as audience. A lot of people watching us from Dubai, from India, from Indonesia, from Moscow, in different countries. We don't have much information about Colombia. Very often, you know, when they say something, they will say, oh, Pablo Escobar, oh, it's people who dance salsa. And of course, it's not that true, uh, because our platform, Hidden Hero, it's called, it's to take a hero out, to make all people together, especially in the pandemic times. I think we should be closer to each other. Just a few words about Colombia, how you see Colombia. Thank you, Olga. First of all, for the wonderful invitation to this incredible podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Hello to all the audience in all those different countries. And yes, you are right. I think uh, Colombians and the country has been uh, stereotyped because of our past. You know, our past, uh, all the drug dealing problems and everything. It's like where uh, the media and the news always focused but Colombia is much more than that. We've been uh, able to overcome those problems. And it is a wonderful country full of wonderful people, uh, beautiful place with uh, the most uh, stunning uh, landscapes and beaches and forests and vibrant cities and great restaurants. We're a beautiful and a great country that you should all come. We in Colombia have a saying that the only risk of coming to Colombia is you not wanting to go back. People want to stay in Colombia because it's so wonderful. So you're all welcome to come and to uh, experience firsthand the wonders of Colombia, the warmth of its people, and uh, all the amazing diversity that you can experience in, in Colombia. So uh, whenever you are planning your next trip, just fly to Bogota, to Cartagena, to Medellin, and have a wonderful time there. Wonderful. That is a great answer. I'm so happy to know that. Dear Felipe, uh, my last question, because we, before we start interview, is there is any jokes uh, for Colombian people that is very particular joke that only uh, Colombian people can understand? Is there is something? Oh, yes, there are a lot. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, of uh, Colombian jokes. Um, you know, in Colombia, there are different regions and, and the way of thinking and seeing the world from the different regions is different. So there are a lot of jokes about the people from Medellin are called Paisas, from the south that are called Pastusos, from the coast, which are called Costeños. So there are a lot of, uh, of, 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 of jokes. And, and, and I think this is, this is a field because of the diversity that I told you. It's so much diversity in Colombia, different ways of, of seeing the, the, the world, of viewing the reality. And in these difficult times, because these have been difficult times for Colombia, the pandemic has hit them uh, really hard. You know, we've had a horrible outbreak. We just uh, uh, came out of the third wave, which was absolutely devastating. The economy is hurt. Uh, but regardless, Colombia, you know, is full of energy, full of optimism. And I'm sure that this is just one more hurdle in the way and that we're going to, to, to just uh, 
keep on fighting for building a strong and a beautiful country. That is wonderful. I'm so happy to know that. Felipe, I know when you give your speeches and your very famous public speaker, you're normally playing the piano and you're giving your speeches on the stage. While playing the piano, you are teaching people how to be virtuoso. Not only virtuoso when you are acting, but also virtuoso in business and in life. So how to be virtuoso and why you are playing piano while teaching people? Well, I play the piano since I was a little boy, since I was four. My father plays the piano and, 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 and I was, you know, very around music since, since I was uh, very little. Uh, when I came to decide what career should I take, I was struggling between going and studying music and studying business, which I also liked a lot. And at the end, I decided studying business and I did all my education, my, my undergraduate and my MBA studies in business. I, I have 25 years experience but I've played the piano all my life. And when I devoted my life to speaking, I wanted to bring together these two passions that I have and try to put them, you know, uh, what can we learn from these virtuoso musicians that are touring the world, creating this beautiful effect on the audience. Everybody stands up, gives them a standing ovation. What triggers that, you know? So I started investigating and I found out that what triggers that reaction in the audience can be perfectly applied to the business and to our personal lives. So I just created this um, keynote and workshops and I'm working on a book on it called Virtuoso, which is how can we become virtuosos in everything we do? Taking from, the, from as an example, the great musicians, the great virtuoso musicians. And what I found out is that when a musician complies with three conditions is when they are called, they can be called virtuoso musicians. The first one is that they have a method and they follow that method with rigor. And this will allow us, allow them to play their instrument with mastery. That's the first condition. The second one is that they have the right attitude on the stage, which allows them to connect with their audiences. And the third one is that they always perform with passion, with love. And this is what makes uh, the ordinary ceases to happen and the extraordinary starts to happen. So then if you extrapolate this to business, I think every business, if they focus exactly on the same three principles, they can become virtuosos. If there is a very rigorous method, you know, and people follow it with discipline and there's technology underlying that method and procedures and uh, disciplined people, you know, that do what they have to do and execute with excellence. They're going to achieve what they do with mastery. They're going to achieve that operational excellence, which is the first pillar of a virtuoso organization. The second one is having the right... Philippe, sorry, you, sorry, but you said that, uh, okay, for the virtuoso who playing uh, the piano and everything, and you said also that there should be discipline. So you yes. mean even for the musician discipline as important as for business people? Because I was thinking musicians are more creative souls. For them, discipline is not that important. No, it's very important. Actually, what, what distinguishes a great musician from a good musician it's not necessarily talent, you know, uh, it's what really differentiates them. It's discipline. The, the musician that is more rigorous with his practice routines, that studies more, that is more focused, that follows a very concrete pattern of practice is the musician that at the end shines more, even shines more than an other musician that is probably more talented, has more natural talent, but it's not as disciplined, you know? So natural talent is important, but it's not a driver for excellence. What really drives excellence in music and in any other discipline is the rigor and the discipline and the, and, and the, and the method that you put into, uh, into what you do every day.
Do you think that this method for any business and for musician and maybe for tennis player, this method, it should be your own? Or no, you can read it from the books, you can take it from the mentors, or maybe they can study it from you? Or you think every person should find out the method that is working for him personally? I think that there are some generalities that you could follow, you know? So for example, for in, if we're thinking about music, there are certain routines, practice routines, that have proven to be the right ways to practice, you know? So uh, there are a lot of even books and theory about this. And then you can take that framework and just, you know, tweak it a little bit just to, to give it your own little taste, you know? You, 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 so probably they tell you, you know, practice for 10 minutes, just scales and exercises, and then for another 10 minutes, uh, work on something new, uh, on a new work that you're, you're, you're trying to, to, to put uh, on in, in your repertoire. And then just practice whatever you had in your repertoire before. Uh, have someone by your side, a mentor that can identify what you're doing wrong so that you can uh, work on it, practice slowly. There are several rules that make you practice in a more efficient way. So you can apply those rules, but of course, we are all humans, we're all different, and we can adjust those rules and tweak them and, and adjust them to fit our own preferences. Uh, but just to answer your question, in music, in sports, in business, in sales, in everything. Even in the academic world, people that have a rigorous method are the people that perform the best, you know, are people that outlie the rest because they have this discipline and this rigor that makes them extraordinary in what they're doing. That is absolutely right. That's why, uh, you know, uh, I read one very famous psychologist from Nash, uh, Russia. Her name is Chernigovska, and she's studying the brain. And she said that you can be born Mozart. You can have the talent, but the humanity will not know that you are Mozart just because you are not that disciplined and you were not following the routine. You didn't have your method and you didn't do in one of your interviews, you said you should do it 10,000 times or 10,000 hours or 100,000 hours before you start shining, as you put it now. Philippe, tell me, please, your secret of working with these huge companies, IBM, General Motors, Hewlett Parker, McDonald's, and I saw that you have very high reviews from the people who invited you. What is the secret? What was the secret? Uh, how you, why you were useful to them? Well, I think that there are several things. I think, number one, the content that I deliver is very applicable and very relevant. So every single company is trying to find ways to adapt to this new reality, to find ways to excel in what they do, to find ways to better connect with their different audiences, being clients, vendors, employees, etc. And they want to, to really uh, find ways so that people fall in love with what they're doing, find a real purpose, uh, a purpose-driven culture that makes people fall in love with what they're doing so that they can do it with passion and the extraordinary starts to happen. So the content is very good. Number two, I think that the fact of, of using music as a metaphor, it's very powerful. Your music is a universal language. And when, just when, when, when the people see the piano on the stage, they just, their mind starts, you know, like flying. What's going to happen here? What is that piano doing there? And then I come out, I give this speech with music, I give the examples with the piano, and it's very powerful because people connect very profoundly with music, you know? So it creates a very emotional and close bond between the audience. And number three, I think that um, it's um, it's applicable, it's inspiring, it's different. You know, I think people are kind of uh, tired of listening 
to, 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 to theories and presentations, especially now in this, in this era with every, where everything is digital, people are getting this digital, you know, they're getting tired. So when they see something different and there's a piano and there's music and, and, and you are speaking in using a very, very simple message, but very powerful message, people just love it. And that's what I've seen both physically and in, in person and virtually. Uh, this message it has a profound impact on people. The feedback that I get is very positive. And that's like my, my fuel for just keep, uh, uh, you know, working and finding new clients and, and bringing this message that I truly believe that can change the way companies operate and the way that people can see their lives. Felipe, this is very nice and very powerful. And you said to be unusual, not to be like everybody else with these digital presentations. And when you heard five presentations, it's okay. But when you hear 10 presentations, 15, you're not interested anymore. But when you watch movies, we are reading very interesting books or the music, it's universal language. Of course, we want to know more. And maybe that's why when Colombian, by the way, they dance, everybody dancing salsa, but they dance it completely different. Maybe a little bit faster. Maybe <laughs> they music a little bit better. Maybe they do, you know, just small tones, but it makes very big impact. Or when Russians, they dance ballet. It's all the same, but it's a little bit better than others. That's why it makes this difference. Little bit, one step better. And my last question to you is about your book, Actitude. And you said that for to reach success, you need to have energy, of course, and I think you are full of energy. And you should have endurance, ensemble, and elasticity. Elastic, elastic, to be elastic. <laughs> what is this? Can you explain well, this? Yes. Thank you, Olga. This is a framework I, I developed so that people can awaken an entrepreneurial mindset, you know? And I think that entrepreneurship, that word is very powerful, but for me, it's very worrying that it's only used or mainly used in the context of creating new companies. So the one who creates a company is an entrepreneur, and that's fine, and that's true. But you don't have to create a company to be an entrepreneur. And as a matter of fact, we are all called for being entrepreneurs in everything we do at work, at home, in our cities, in our countries, in the world. So this book is a method for awakening your entrepreneurial mindset and applying it in anything you do. And it's, and it's made up of six elements, or I call it the six E's. Energy, which is just, sorry, ambition, which is just the ability of thinking big, you know, and having great dreams. Then it's energy, which is about method and execution and practice and excellence, a little bit what we talked uh, earlier today. The third one is endurance, which is facing adversity, learning from failure, developing resilience, standing up and just keep on going regardless of the circumstances. Then it's ensemble, which is working as a team, understanding that if you go alone, you're not going to reach great distances. You have to go with a great team that challenges you, that complements you, that, you know, that pulls you and that it's demanding from you the very best of you. Then I have elasticity of the mind, which is being creative and innovative and just breaking paradigms and thinking out of the box. And the last one is uh, engagement and it's finding a purpose, uh, a real profound purpose for what you do uh, and doing what you do with love so, so that the ordinary starts to happen and the extraordinary starts to happen. So these six E's, ambition, energy, endurance, ensemble, elasticity and engagement are going to help you develop this entrepreneurial mindset uh, and make you shine wherever you are. 
Felipe, I want to thank you very much. I like how to put you all that together with your incredible Colombian energy, moving it to Miami, to United States, and uniting all this together. And this six Cs, you know, I think everybody can develop. I think uh, I like what you say that entrepreneurship, you can be entrepreneur even in your family, even in your relationship. Even, you know, when meeting different people, working with ensemble, it doesn't mean that you should have a company. Even if you have your kids, you can do something with them ensemble. You know, uh, I think it's very, very interesting. I have a, a daughter and I'm doing my main job. I'm director and producer of the movies. And I'm very happy when she's sending me scenario. She said, better do like that. And uh, yesterday she sent me many shots. She said, better you include that shot because it's better or that short. And you know, it's great because you can work in a team ensemble. It doesn't mean that you should have 2000 employees uh, to do it. So working ensemble, having a vision, energy, elasticity, being uh, flexible, you know, and it's, it's great. I'm really very grateful for you to, for a very interesting talk and Hidden Hero supports you. And thank you for being with us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Logan. It's been a real pleasure to be with you.